Hello and welcome to Crimes Against Food. I'm Gloria Lind. I'm Mia Steele. And today we're going to be talking about cookery books. I did almost say, I I almost kind of said, I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> I opened the show and I was thinking, hello and welcome to, oh no, are welcome we to what? Who uh, are we? Who am I? What are we doing? It's a crazy hour with Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> it's vague hour. I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> welcome. No, we really are talking about cookery books. I was yeah. right the first time. Phew. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, we have, in our, in our usual kind of rebelling against the, the typical Simply Syndicate style, <laughs> um, we, we did a bit of research and we have materials present. You can hear, you can hear the books landing heavily on the table. Oh God, feel oh, the weight of that? all that knowledge. Oh, look at all that knowledge. That, that, knowledge. That's just recipes, recipes galore. Yeah. And, um, and pat- some patronising kind of <laughs> editing as well. <laughs> um, so well, kick us off then, Laurie, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about cookery books. I think first thing to lay out here is you're either a recipe cook or you're not. Mm-hmm. And I am most definitely a recipe cook because yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I learned from my mum cooks, my, my grandma cooks, you know, so there is a kind of, I learned th- like practical techniques from, from her. But also I, since I was a little kid, I have loved to just experiment. And I think a lot of the things like if I try a new dish for the first time, sometimes I'll do a dish specifically because I want to learn that technique. And so I'll get the recipe to get the proportions. Yes. Or I'll make one dish. I'll make a dish from a recipe once and then I'll know how it goes. Definitely. And from then I can, you know, I I have the basics of things that go with things and techniques that you'd use or you can just flick through a kind of mental repertoire. So I definitely do that. My my mum is not. Really? She's not a recipe cook. I know. It's it's totally galling because she will she remembers ratios. Oh no. So she'll go she'll be like, shortbread is blah 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 and and pastry is like two to one or whatever it is. I don't know what the ratio is. Um because I look it up. Um and she her pastry is amazing and it's really annoying i need to have a talk with your mum actually i, know. <laughs> I think she she, she does she, i mean apart from being naturally stylish um she, she just like you say she knows ratios and i think i might be somebody who, who would who would hold that kind of information in my head if i if i had somebody around to tell me in the first mm, place well maybe yeah, i should i should get mum's mum's ratios for it's mostly for ba- it's baking ratios mm. because baking is it's a bit like a a kind of you know it's a scientific experiment and yeah. you put two parts into one part or whatever I can't remember though. I'm rubbish. Um, but yeah, no. So I'd 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 have that little thing of I I had my very first cookbook. Oh, it was, like, it was some child's cookbook of the seasons. It was great. I discovered Welsh rabbit from oh, that cookbook. Oh, glory! That's so sweet. I know. Oh, and I got and I got really excited about it. It was great, and uh, and cheesecake and what have you. But I, I, I kind of I'm I'm darting out about all over the place. I suppose we could. No, wait a minute. We've talked about people who cook with, who cook with recipes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'd like to start it in. You cook with recipes because it kind of guarantees success. <laughs> if you do as you're told, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's, you can achieve fairly kind of impressive, complex results by following the recipe. <laughs> That's how straightforward it is. <laughs> Just don't mess with it until you've done it at least one time. And then you can start adding and subtracting and doing things like that. If it's not baking, of course. But... um. Also, I used to be a bit of a non-recipe cook. This is when I was just kind of, you know, going through a little experimental phase as a teen, mostly because you can't afford to buy the fifth final ingredient. So you think, bugger it, I'll just try it without. And I'll, I'll invent something else. Um, you know, rare bit without the bread. Uh, <laughs> without the cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> without the egg. Without it's just and toast. It's just, it's, it's just, I've just got a knife and fork and some fresh air here. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, but there's an element of that which is also if it comes out well, you get to be all, oh yeah, look at me, I'm crowing because I did this by myself. It came out of my own dunderheaded kind of ways, and I'm an inventor. But the likelihood is that when you work without a recipe, you're going to fall short more often than not, and you're going to mess up more often than not. Especially compared if it, to somebody who works with recipes. Yeah, especially when you're starting out. I think I think when you're more experienced, you've kind yes. of done it enough that you know that you know black currants. Oh no, that's it. Yeah, black p- currants probably don't go with pasta. No. Or, or you're less, I don't know, because I'm actually, I'm quite conservative. I am less willing. There are some things that I just will not put together. Or I don't like to have too many flavours on a plate. 
like when I used to cook with my friend Catherine, who's a great cook, but she'd always be like, great, let's throw in what I've got in the fridge. We're like, I'll roast some vegetables. I'll, let's throw in this and this and this. And I'd be like, no, no, too many flavours, too many flavours, only three. Yes. Don't put in too many. But she's like, I love them so much. No, no. No, no you, and you have to be rigid sometimes because it can ruin the whole thing. Mm. You, you have to have a balance, like everything else, like like a good outfit. <laughs> you need balance there, don't you? A good food is just like a good outfit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is if you can't afford to shop properly and you just sit indoors and eat all day like I do. <laughs> I suppose. Oh. I suppose now I could kick this off mm-hmm. by saying of a little bit of a crime. To to for this um, episode, I decided that I wanted to talk a bit about a kind of genealogy of cookbooks, right. which is for me, it's like a lot of the when I was looking at my my shelf of cookbooks, I was thinking this is really interesting because a lot of the books I cook with are from the sixties and seventies. Ah, I, I cook with explains much. <laughs> I wondered why I was uncanny knowledge of, of aspic <laughs> for a start. I <laughs> know. And other things that, that, have, that have really waned on the popularity front. I know. I have yet actually to make any aspic, but I tell you, it's, it's on the list, Mia. It's yeah. on the list. I want to try it. <laughs> I've, I've actually had aspic a couple of times. It's been pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, right. I, oh, I'm all about getting the moulds in. And oh, you see, mm. the other day I found this amazing thing. You can get like a, a, a mould for jelly that's like a, a ball. So when you... And it's kind of got... It's a spring, it's a spring mould. Yeah. So when you take it off, you get a whole round ball of jelly can you imagine how amazing that'd look if you had like three of them they'd look like magic crystal balls made of jelly that is actually fantastically cool i'm so jealous and just imagine you could put like a hard-boiled egg in the middle of a mold with and then put aspic in it and then like you'd have like an egg you would be a magician in the kitchen but i have a question i have a question i have a question the reason these things need molds is that they are liquid in form when you first put them in how did how did this thing work i mean if you put it in a funnel you put it in a funnel into the mould. It is closed. You funnel it in and then it boop, springs open. Yeah. Fantastic. So actually my egg idea might not totally work because it would sit at the bottom of the mould. Well, you, you know, know, still, that's fairly nice. Yeah. I could slice it up. You could probably do layered crystal balls. I think <laughs> I think you've just like cracked a mystery for me because <laughs> I've had something like that before that, that was actually moulded in that roundy shape and it had um, it had meat and it also had tiny black lentils in. Ooh. And I think they've they've funneled the lentils in along with the aspic. Ooh, yeah, that would but be. Is it possible using using this contraption to put the meat in the base first and then close it around it and then funnel things in? That's what I'm thinking. I have never yeah. used it because but I'm I think it's sure that's it's, exactly the kind of thing I've had. Yeah, it was, I can't remember if if it was spherical or if I if I had ha- if I had half. If you had half, sphere. they could have done it in a. If yeah. they could have done it in a bowl, I think. But, yeah, maybe. It, half, but if yeah. it's a, if it was an entirely spherical one, then you'd be using that kind of jelly mold. These people them. are they're, so clever. They're about twenty quid. Amazing. But anyway, I digress. Mm. Did I digress? How surprising. Did we digress? <laughs> digress. This, is, this, is, this, can't, this can't be happening. You astound me. <laughs> what show is this? Crimes Against Me? <laughs> what? And uh, so one of the, I think a lot of the cookbooks I use, and I'll talk about later in the show, you can more or less trace from Elizabeth David. Now, I don't know how much of a standing she has internationally, but kind of from a UK perspective, she is the kind of start of a revolution in British cooking. She wrote her first, one of the first books that she published, which was French Provincial Cooking in uh, 1960. Now, you kind of just have to understand what food was like yeah. in the UK. Like, you know, we had we had rationing up until, was it 1948 or something? It was a couple of years after the war. It was a couple of years after the And so, you know, prosperity just started, but things were so stilted and people still thought that garlic was a bad thing and you know our kind of heritage of good quality ingredients which is what English food always did quite well you know Mm. we we didn't do sophistication oh no we did do sophistication that's not entirely that's not entirely fair we did amazing jellies and stuff on on a sort of European stage we fared badly didn't we yeah and I think that was unfair because but but in the 1950s yeah it was it was a very boring palette. And then this book appears on the scene, written by this woman who was an English literature graduate and she'd kept house all over Europe and she just had this encyclopedic knowledge 
of food. And some of the things that um, she says in the book, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you're saying this now in 1960. This is what people say repeatedly now. She's saying it's seasonal. Food is seasonal. Food, food is regional. Um, you know, it's about taking a quality of ingredients and all sorts of yeah. things like that. And, you know, to be honest, I think a lot of writers that I read now are basically doing an homage to yeah. Elizabeth no, David. Absolutely. But, I mean, let's not forget the 80s. You know, there was a period of time when region and locality and availability was not an issue because you had the kind of the shoulder padded champagne swigging mm-hmm. masses. Nouvelle cuisine. Yeah, and, and they got to have whatever they wanted. And that was the point. It, the, the point was, it was pointless. They were eating pointless food and paying huge sums for it. Yeah, she, she talks about that in the book as well. Does she? Yeah, because oh, wow. she has a little addendum to it. But anyway, I'll talk a little bit more mm-hmm. about the book. But I, I just I realise I have never read this book. Right. I can't believe that I have never read. I this never book. have. No. I mean, I, I've known of it for years because you can't you can't do research on cookbooks. You can't you can't read a review on another cookbook without it somehow being mentioned. Yeah, her name comes up. It's like she's like the Godfather. Yeah, she is. She she is totally the kind of the godmother of 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 of, of British cookery writing. I think. Mm. Um, but I'd never read it. So I, went, I got myself down to Borders in town. I thought, oh, let's go and find, uh, quickly pick up a book, Elizabeth David. They're bound to have it. It's an absolute classic. And I tell you, I nearly had a bloody strop in Borders. What is this about? You go into Borders, which, you know, has quite a good range of cookbooks. And I was looking for Elizabeth David and it took me about 15 minutes. There are only two sections to it. The first section was this horrendous stack of an entire section. And it was indeed, yes, it was titled Celebrity Chefs. And it was all these books tied into TV series and whatever. And actually there are some chefs who do write good stuff. But... I was just like, I was sat there going, what the hell? Despicable. Where is it? Where is it? Where is my book? Where, where is the actual book that I actually want to read? I, I have a very specific need here. So I, I ignored, I turned my head to the grinning faces of the celebrity yeah. chefs thinking, this is just so depressing. I mean, is this the state of cookery? Yeah. You know, so I went to the next section and it was all arranged by theme. Soups kind of french cooking italian cooking smoothies and i was just like i don't want a themed cookbook i want a cookbook by elizabeth david don't you have a classic session or 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 cookbooks by author and you know what if i happens if i want some kind of random book that doesn't fit into any of your categories Damn it, it was like the worst classification in the, the world. <laughs> it was like, if I was a librarian, I would have like been weeping into my, my, yeah. my I, I don't know what I would have been doing, but anyway. Into your cardigan. You'd into been weeping my cardigan, into your cardigan. I would, have, I would have been, as it was, I was having a, a rightly rage. So. I was having a rage. But um, I finally found it. And I suppose it is kind of obvious when you think about it in the French cooking section because it's called French Provincial Cooking. But I don't think of it as a French cookbook. It's more like it's an Elizabeth David cookbook. Yes. But I I can completely understand where you went there. And also it's because by the time you've got around to seeing the French cooking section, you're in a tailspin. You've seen seven or eight different sections. you You know what really offends me is that there's a section on smoothies. Yes. Or anything like that. It's oh, blended oh, fruit, what? you morons. <laughs> Why not just have a big sign saying, buy a blender? <laughs> yeah. Go to Argos, I mean, buy a blender. It, it is that, that, it's that thing of like, exactly, can we, can we, do we write a whole book about this? Yeah. Really? That is, they are just, that, that's kind of people making mugs of people who want cookbooks. <laughs> you buy a, a cookbook on smoothies. What do you really learn? <laughs> Strawberries taste nice with cream. Blend it up. I don't know. But anyway, th- this, this, because it's true though because in in this say this elizabeth david cookbook this isn't just a collection of recipes of how to make things this isn't just a collection of recipes <laughs> this is a this elizabeth isn't david. just a cookbook <laughs> this is an elizabeth david cookbook <laughs> actually i think any good cookbook worth their salt gives you more than a collection of recipes it gives you an idea Ethos, yeah. and a context of the cuisine and a way of approaching food and i just have to give you this quote i promise i won't like I could, I would oh, say, happy. Yeah. I could quite happily quote this entire book at length. I'm so glad I bought it. I'm so glad I did a research for the show because I am very happy to own it now. But um, this is a, a note to the 1977 
edition that's kind of included. So the edition I've got has got of uh, the French provincial cooking has got the introduction to the 1960 edition, 1977 edition, and the 19 and the 1980 edition. Which that's is so clever. It's so fascinating as well because the 1977 edition, she has this. No, it's the 1983 edition. She has this whole section on nouvelle cuisine. And and how that is linked to French cooking and, you know, whether it's a good thing or not and all of this stuff. Mm. And so it's like a kind of social history of food oh, as wow. well. But anyway, this I, I just kind of have to use for, for inspiring words. So this is Elizabeth David in 1977. When it comes to using the recipes, my inclination now is to try harder than ever for quality. A little fine olive oil or true clear stock or double cream from Jersey herds or a few fresh eggs laid by decently fed, humanly, humanely reared hens go a lot further than twice the amounts of third rate makeshifts. Sybil Bedford said it all when she wrote that Escoffier's injunction, fit simple, much invoked when since I quoted it in these pages, doesn't mean fit slapdash. That goes for our choice of raw materials just as much for their cook- preparation and cooking. You see, Mia, we're right. Yeah, we 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 just vindicated there. Yeah. Vindicated. This is this is what what other people call snobbery through the ages. Chav's <laughs> <laughs> not snobbery. Listen, <laughs> it is it is to people who live on 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 packs of food from Iceland. <laughs> it is, isn't it? But no, no. The thing is, we are right, and and there's no getting away from it. You're right. I'm right, and and you're right to be snobby about this stuff. It's what you're putting into your body. How many times do you have to say it that way? It goes inside you. Jesus, you know, it nourishes you. It, it helps you get the most out of your life. Use the right stuff. Elizabeth David said it. Therefore, it yeah. must be true. Elizabeth David said it. <laughs> Therefore, it is correct. <laughs> it's just so great. I think it's like that kind of fundamentalist thing. It's like, <laughs> Elizabeth it is David, correct. You mean God? <laughs> God said you mean it. The, good, the, God, the God of cooking. <laughs> I don't think I could ever disagree. But no, that is fantastic. And it's completely true. And what's amazing is that you're right. She's so kind of visionary. And if that's the... If, if that's the kind of thing she was talking about in 1983. Yeah, 1977, which, that one. Well, that was 1977. But then yeah. to go back to the whole Nouvelle Cuisine thing, I am not, obviously I'm familiar of, of the actual kind of, you know, the birth, sorry, the, the French kind of revolution mm. in, in, in food that was Nouvelle, Nouvelle Cuisine and, and the whole kind of the fancy pants aspect of it, but also the fact that it was so wild and experimental and they were trying lots mm. of fabulous new things. But I, when I was disdaining the 80s, I, I really meant the kind of, your tasteless haves, the people who haves and they have bad suits and Pierre Cardin watches. Yeah. And it's about, you know, cocktails and ramming some food in that you don't really taste for. You get down to the club and do some Coke. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just despising that today. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Mike, what is it? That you could have kind of add, I was just thinking this whole section of cookbooks and it comes from like the smoothie cookbook <laughs> is the, the pointless cookbook, which is invented to accompany a new piece of technology. Now, I have a little place in my heart yeah, for the do. microwave cookbook. I saw one of those in the market the other day. I almost picked it up and I thought, no, that's two pounds uh, and it will take up a whole huge space on my on my bookshelf and I'll just be looking at it forever. Never, never, never read it. it. I did I did flick through one of those. Will was trying to persuade me that I needed to keep it. And I was like, look, I would if the recipes were interesting, but it is just mostly how to make carrots in a microwave. It's just, it's so exciting that we have a new way to make carrots. Yeah. You know, that, that, that you've kind of made this whole cookbook. And I can't imagine like, Oh, you know there are some i think there are probably some a few things that a microwave does very well but like a you know, whole cookbook i'm gonna have I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go into researching kind of like the improbable so sorry machines to use for cooking things <laughs> how to make a three-course meal with just a kettle <laughs> do you know what i mean how, how many courses can you make that just be using boiled eggs i guarantee you there will be a cookbook yeah. made from it and i have to say these are probably one of the cooking crime cookbook crimes mm. is those bloody useless cookbooks you're like why did you even bother making this yeah you know it, it's just like a cash-in kind of thing and there's not a great deal of research gone no. into it. It's just like, and you, and they haven't even. You see, it's when they haven't road tested the bloody recipes because if you do that thing where you do follow the recipes to the letter and they're not actually good, yeah, and and they fail, then yes. it's really really annoying. That and is really annoying it, it, uh, because then you're left going, "Is it me? What did I not do?" And you literally, of course, it's happened to me. You rack your brains thinking, "Which step did I miss out?" And okay, to be fair, that one time I did miss out a fairly vital step, yeah. but. You know, if 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 I had baking and powder. it had gone wrong, um, 
Yeah. I've done that. Memorable. Twice. <laughs> oh God, that's so harsh. <laughs> you know what I forgot the last time? I think I told you this before. I forgot to put the yeast in some bread I was making. <laughs> I was making so many dinner. I forgot to put the yeast in. I'm, I'm sat there waiting impatiently for the bread to double in size. Totally didn't. And I was like, oh God, I don't understand. And then I saw the virgin unopened packet of yeast on the side. I was like, ah, oh, the deep lasting shame. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded, but for once I looked fairly capable. Uh, I had an apron on on everything. Curse uh, <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Le- leaving out the face of the fateful yeah. ingredient. But you've got you've got you've got two books with you. What what books have you got? I brought purely because um I read lots of cookbooks. Like you, it's a bit like, you know, it's it's sort of I I take them into the bath and everything. I just mm. love them. It's it's how, you know, it's just the wonderful way to relax. And I brought two because I was thinking about how different people are now in, 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 in what they demand from cookbook. I think a lot of it is, like many things in our day and age, very lifestyle orientated. As in, this is what you could be like. This could be you. These could be your beautiful brown svelte hands nursing a mango like it's a child on the front cover. <laughs> yeah, um, and I wonder how many yeah. people actually cook from them. Oh, like exactly. the, the, especially those celebrity chef ones. It's like Precisely. They're, they're selling a lifestyle. They are, I do they agree. Are. And so I brought with me the Penguin Cookery Book. How kind of bloody plain and simple is that? The Penguin Cookery Book. Oh. This is the cook. You want to learn to cook? This is the book for you. Um, <laughs> over 500,000 copies sold. So it can't be terrible. Um, actually, what it does have is no pictures. I mean, none. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. On, I think there are like three tiny, tiny sort of drawings. Like, hang on a second. I'll find one for you so you can see it. Yeah, I have a very similar. I have a very Look similar approach, the, and and th- this is one of more, one of the more complex ones. Mia's me showing it's me. Hardly. Oh, this is a great example <laughs> that she's showing me as well because Mia's showing me a page with a kind of very interesting kind of line drawn picture of a lobster with yeah. some some diagrams pointing towards it, so you can tell which bit you need Intestine, to stick off. Gills, stomach. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's as far as it goes into it. Yeah, there's and, no, um, there's no messing yeah. about there. That's really uh, no but messing what's about. actually fantastic is that this book it's got 850 basic recipes. It does things like it will say it in the in the very beginning. If you want to make puddings, pies, um, you know, peel, core, and chop your fruit. If you want to make something else, boil it. You want to do this with it? <laughs> do that with it. Dice it. Steam it. Whatever. It it basically gives you a method for a type of food. Like you said, like your mum has the ratios. Yeah. And it, it says learn the ratios. This is what it's going to be from now on. When I tell you to make short crust pastry, I you know how to do that now because you've made three different kinds. Yeah. And you know it's in there. Yeah. And it might not be for me, but I think this kind of cookbook, you read it, and if you actually picked up what's in it, you would be fairly proficient. I mean, you could do things from. Muscle or oyster sauce, I found on page 56, all the way to your aspics and deciding which bit of, um, oh, look at this, suitable for boiling and stewing, breast, scrag, shoulder, knuckle. It's, it's just quite words te- you hear in modern No, cookbooks. it's quite technical. I have to say, I think I have a similar cookbook, mm. which is, and brilliantly, <laughs> mine is also a penguin cookbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is one of my absolute favourite ones and it's very much in the model of the one you describe it's Penguin Cordon Bleu Cookery by Rosemary Hume and Muriel Downs oh mine, mine was written by B. Nilsson B. B. Nilsson and, and uh, at, at, at the beginning of the book it says Rosemary Hume and Muriel Downs both had a sound practical training in cookery before the war and went <laughs> on to guide wide experience of writing demonstrating and teaching and they run the Cordon Bleu Cookery School now you would never get this I think in a recipe book today. Yeah. Um, this is a recipe for, for pate sucre or, or s- sweet pastry you use if you were making a, a like a, a lemon curd tart or something like that. Lovely. A sweet, a sweet flan. So it gives you a line of, uh, of the ingredients. And then the, the, the directions are simply thus. Sift the flour with a pinch of salt on the pastry board or slab. Make a small well in the centre. And in this, place the other ingredients. Okay, so let's just picture this. You've got a pile of flour <laughs> on your pastry board. Yeah. Your pastry board. Let, note your pastry board, your marble pastry board. Keep the, because you the have a pastry cool. board, yeah, because you, you don't have, have one. It's to keep a shabby house, dear. No, yeah, darling. Using the fingertips of one hand... <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> work only work only the butter sugar and yolks together then quickly draw in the flour and knead lightly until smooth this is quite a complex thing to do let me tell you yeah but what i really <laughs> love about it this that's exactly it these people the people who write these books they have expectations of you they expect you to be able to kind of to intuit a certain amount as in at that point use both hands 
yeah. to knead it. It's still not using just fingertips because you'll be there all day. <laughs> but um, no, but you know, some things are implicit and that's because these women went through the war <laughs> and, and they, they know what's necessary and they're expecting you to not be a complete fool. And also they expect you to know how to basically cook. Yeah, they are. They, they, they expect you they to expect know you to how have to have access to a kitchen and to have seen your mother or someone else yeah. knock something up every now and then. And, and they expect you to need direction and, and amounts. Yeah. And not much else. But that's, I think that's the way it should be. I hate this kind of um, hand-holding. Yeah, it's so hand-holding. Now, you see, because I have I have a, a little, it's almost, it's kind of a gripe and a love at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I tell you who hand-holds massively as a writer, Go and on. that's Delia Smith. But she does. She never. She her recipes never fail because she's so cautious. I have to say that now, occasionally, yeah, she is cautious. But there's a. I found a couple of kind of classic stalwart recipes on yeah. her stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I used her Christmas cake recipe last Isn't year. Isn't it amazing? It's really oh, wow. Good. Oh god. I've had some of it. I didn't make it myself, but I've had that before, and it was good. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it is like it. four or five variations. She she, has, she always has variations on a theme, which I like. You can pick exactly the one you want. Mm. Anyway, sorry. But she, but she, I think she is a new generation of cook, writer. She has to handhold. Yeah. And she, the reason she's valuable and the reason she does so well in our market is because so many people don't have a clue. Yeah. Like, literally, she, she, I mean, for people who, who are not familiar with her, if you're not English or whatever, um, she's huge here and she, she does a lot of handholding. She brought out a series of books and I think you have one there. I have one on the Delia's table. Delia's How to Cook. And book one has on the front cover a picture of a bowl of eggs. Still, still in shell, untouched. Yeah. And the implication is, if you don't know how to boil an egg, you will after this. Yeah. And it's kind of, it takes you to how to... But what's fantastic is if some people know how to knock up very complex meals like a bolognese, because they've been shown, no one ever teaches them how to poach an egg or to make a real proper omelette. Mm. And, and to do it so that the eggs aren't desiccated and dried to death. Yeah, exactly. Where and she will talk you through simple things that make you seem fairly sophisticated when you know them. Yeah, and she does. Ha- she does have a thing of. She does seem to have a thing of relying on kind of slightly faddy ingredients, which I, I, I kind of like. She'll be like, she'll get an, she'll get an ingredient and get really excited about it. Yeah, and 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 you know, and that will be featured in the recipe. So sometimes you do find yourself going, do I really have to go out and buy whichever plumbing thing that you've yes. decided that's my one gripe my other gripe is that sometimes she'll be like brown something in a pan then take it off and set it aside now do this and take that off and set it aside i'm thinking god's sake woman how many pans do you want me to have on as I go yeah but you know i'm coming out from a point of view where i'm like i'm confident i can skip this step and i know why she's doing it i'm confident yes. i'm willing to skip that but if you you know, the reason she does it is because it means it's absolutely foolproof. It won't go wrong. That's it. You're not it's, having to juggle things. You, yeah. you can take your eye off it and leave it alone. It's not going to spoil in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, I have that thing with her. I kind of think, sometimes I think she's so bloody fussy. And then at the same time, I think yeah. she's great because she never she never goes wrong. She's a, she's a good one. She's, like you say, she's very classic. But then, um, again, she was in the press. Was it last year? Or was it this year? Was she, um, she, she had another cookbook out. This wasn't the How to Cook series. This was something else, I think. And in it, she had like cheats recipes. Yeah. And she had these things where she was... Now, this woman kind of... She's made a fortune from cookery writing and, and, from, and from, from showing recipes. And I think she started off on the in the Evening Standard in London. Yep. And um, she worked there for many years and she's had TV programmes and she owns a football club or something ridiculous and you know she's she's a very wealthy person and she was advising people in the spirit of kind of the economic crisis to substitute kind of ingredients and so she'd say you know if you want to make this instead of instead of getting the le- the finest lean mints to go and use buy tinned. It, you use tinned something and, and she, she'd give you like a substitute so that say a third of the preparation time was cut off and that's fine but i think that's kind of spitting spitting in the eye of doing it properly yeah and, and, and if you the reason you do it properly it. is because it tastes better that's yeah. the point of it in the first place yeah there are so, some there are some shortcuts yeah. it's not worth taking it's just not worth taking no definitely not definitely not yeah i'm not i'm not uh, i mean not i've fan. done things like one of my favorite desserts to make is the easiest thing in the world and this is one of nigella's Mm. And I absolutely love it. And I kind of, I have to make it when there's other people there because I will eat it all of mine. <laughs> and it uses pears from a tin. Oh, that is that, that chocolate and pear dessert. Yeah. Oh my God, that is good. Isn't it good uh, though? Yeah, I've had and that. And it's just one of the, I mean, literally the simplest things you can possibly whip up. And the reason I was able to make it from scratch on the day is because it takes about 10 minutes to do. 
Yeah. And so you can leave your table and do it. And people think you've just, you know, you prepared it hours <laughs> earlier. It's been a long time. And really, you've just I been, know, you've got you know, really a blender does. out or something. And, um, and it tastes amazing. And that's using a cheat ingredient, but it's no when to stop. And yeah. not, not substitute everything for, for its kind of downtrodden. Yeah, cousins. or substitute for the sake of substituting almost. Yeah. It seems really a really odd thing to that do. That dessert would lose its appeal because if, if, if it began with, okay, preparation time, 15 minutes and then six hours later you can make it because you have to peel and poach your pears first. That's a bit excessive. Yeah, yeah. I have to say there are some books, yeah, there are some books I go to um, for everyday stuff and there are some books I have... I have yeah. to read because they give me an idea of, yeah. a, of a cuisine. I have to say, in the Penguin Cordon Bleu cookery book, I have yet to do this and I, I will do it. I will Go do on. it. Hold me to witness. At the back, they have this wonderful suggestion of menus for all occasions. <gasps> and they wow. are so of their time. So they have a seasonal menu. Uh, here we have a, a menu for a dinner party in October. You would begin with cream of barley soup. And then perhaps partridge au choux with potatoes mousseline. And then an apple mousse gatinés for dessert. How brilliant is that? How brilliant is that? I, oh and and so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to make, I think I'm going to have to make myself a 1960s dinner party. Yeah. With the with the uh, that's amazing. The what you've done is you you you've put yours down and you've made me pick up my penguin book. Listen to this. This is the chapter twenty three planning and preparing meals. Now I'm not even going to read out what it says in there, but I'm going to read you the section headers: menu planning guide. Oh my that's god! That's followed by the the servings implied in every mention of of every recipe. <gasps> kind of you know a pint per person per day, unless otherwise notified. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but uh, one ounce, twenty five grams a day. And modifications, fat, modifications as in substitutes and things. Fats which do not contain vitamins A and D are not an adequate substitute. This is how the knowledge is here. Oh, this, this is that insane. Is amazing. Isn't it amazing? The next section is palatability. <laughs> ah, the next one is digestibility, <gasps> cost, time and labour saving. I am and going to steal this for coffee. It's absolutely fantastic. Listen to this recipe suitable for a children's party. Beverages, rhubarb sherbet. Oh my god, rhubarb sherbet. Yeah, it is. Play. I want to know what plain sandwiches is. I think that's just bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> Open sandwiches, toasted sandwiches, filled cheese scones, watercress radishes, and crisp celery. Wow. <gasps> for, for, you see, this is what they gave kids back then. No wonder they were so healthy and thin and they're living into their 90s now. Uh, All our kids are dropping dead of kind of morbid obesity um, because they weren't given radishes and watercress and crisp celery at a party. Um, jellies and cold puddings. I just, it's fantastic. Everything in here is kind of amazing. Oh, wow. Anyway, it's, it's a great one. To contrast with that, I'm going to my, um, to my Feast Bazaar book. Now, this is one of these books. It's kind of, it is a feast for the eyes. Yeah, you can, you can hear the kind so, of the weight of the pages as Mia turns it is, them over. It's, it's extremely visual. Very kind of high quality. Every, every page has something that is not even relevant to say the recipe you're talking about. <laughs> it's just designed very well as well, and isn't it? It's, uh, it has about seven pages at the front that are the introduction. And <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's a bit excessive. But the guy... The guy who wrote it is actually very respected and runs um, it's, it runs a kind of famed Indian restaurant. All right, in London, and he uh, he, he did a lot of travelling through India, Morocco, and Syria, and this is a result. And it is wonderfully written, and it is um, beautifully photographed. But it's I mean, listen, perhaps to this. overly designed. Contrasted to this, um, when I think of my time in in, in India. <laughs> Morocco and Syria, I consider the amazing things I learned, the people I met, the food I tasted, and the new ingredients I discovered, as well as learning how to use familiar ingredients in new ways, by taking me deep into different cultures and lifestyles. My travels have highlighted for me what truly are the important things in life. Family, food, and good health. The world is an amazing place. <laughs> oh my God. And, and so it just, I mean, that... That, the whole I, I thing. I literally picked that out at random. It is that that is how it is the whole way through, and it's 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 practically you can hear him rubbing his legs with glee. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, try sheep's head, try everything, just try it, bend over. It's fantastic, um, but it's also like yes, I did this. I went and I and I saw these recipes rather than you want to cook this while well, I'm going to talk to you, the cook kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's almost a travelogue as it well is. It, it's it's very much that way and it's desperately appealing and you read it and you do want to make everything in it but i think there's a lot of things in there that i will never attempt yes because for me it's it, it's more it's more recipe porn 
That, that, that's the book I would take into the bath and lay there and think, oh, look at this, isn't this beautiful cardamom and something else, cardamom pears together in a flan and mm, yeah, delicious, you know. And, and I, I, would, I would read it, but perhaps, but when I want to know how to make shortcrust pastry perfectly, fail safe, I'm picking up the Penguin Cookery book. This is it, it has everything it? you need to know in there. There are those two, those, two, those two categories. There is the food porn category yeah. and there is the... There is the actually, I want to know how to make something. I used to have, a, a, I have to say that most of the recipe books I've picked up, I've decided that, I mean, Elizabeth David probably does go down for food porn as well as actual as actual things. I think, but she, I think she's everything. Yeah, she, she's, she's, everything she's, 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 she's all of that. But um, I used to have one which was, the recipes never bloody worked, but it was a fascinating read. It was Kenny's Cajun Creole Cookbook. Um. A, I could never get hold of any of the ingredients. And B, it it just didn't. <laughs> I couldn't never just get hold of any ingredients. Yeah, well, no, he'd kind of be like, "Oh, what you need is because it would be like southern. It's mm. sa- you know, food from the south. Yes. You know, the things that you want, like hot sauce, or kind of all this Cajun seasoning and stuff like that. You know, kind of a few years ago, it's actually quite hard to get oh, hold yeah. of. You know, it's still really hard to get hold of Chipotle chilies here yeah. in the UK. It is. Um, so, it, you know, all of that, it was just totally foreign. But also, I have to say, I tried a few of the recipes and they just don't work. I'll tell a lie. There is one recipe in that book that I still more or less use. And that's his technique for f- fried chicken. Ooh. Which, uh, yeah, I still use. But the rest of it, the rest of it didn't work. And I, I kind of seriously modified his approach for that as well. It was a weird one because he was a restaurateur, but it just didn't seem like he'd. I don't know if the book. Maybe he was like, people, it's not going to be interesting enough to read about the actual techniques I use. Maybe I'll make up a few really glamorous things. Yeah, or maybe it was like, you know, this is all about my personality and having a chat and what have you. Did make me wonder if he'd been pissed when he wrote most of it. (laughs) And what? I mean, there is a recipe in there for squirrel. Clearly, it was not meant for cooking. Well, you see, some people. Well, in in the in the south, they tribe squirrel. <laughs> Do you like that? Do you like? They see where I went. Oh, I tried an accent. Oh, yeah, shame yeah. on me. Yeah, um, crimes against food. Crimes against yeah. accent. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just perpetuating. Yeah. The you I'm no last, one to last not week one. It was you. You did. You did a corking one. Never mind. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm. You see, I'm trying to deflect attention away now from my appalling. Deflect <laughs> away. I'll accept my crimes against. Gloria. Accent. Gloria's worse. Gloria's much worse than me. She does it all the time. Um, but. Oh, no, so yeah, it's the whole kind of um, people. It really annoys me when people I actually respect when I when I read their recipes, and then they they we've done that we talked this before the overexposure of the celebrity chef, the chef who becomes a celebrity, and then the celebrity part of his of his career overwhelms the chefing part, mm. and so that you can see them trying to claw back some respect, and they do have like okay, I'm gonna say it, Jamie Oliver. I happen to like his recipes. His I recipes think the man great. Uh, provides really good recipes. He's kind of, they tend to be fairly simple and easy to understand and presentable. And it's things you're not intimidated to attempt yourself. They, are, they, they sound really tempting when, when you're even reading about them and listening to the names of these things. And, um, and I made a few of them and they've all worked really well. But his profile these days puts me off. And so for that reason, I don't read the book. It's weird, it isn't it? It's, it's that, 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 per- it's... Because there is so much personality in cookbooks and Mm. some of them, I mean, you know, I go to and I will go to different cookbooks depending on what what personality I I, I need or or what kind of different thing they offer. But if you, yeah, if you see too much of that person, Mm. really, you don't want to read any more of their their books. And also, you know, they don't want to kind of in your face, kind of shouting about it. I just don't need that. I mean, the thing is, you could... We could literally kind of dismember every every one of these people and everyone because everyone ha- has their weak spots, don't uh-huh. they? And so there's there's somebody like it always makes me laugh. I love to read Nigel Slater's recipes. He I love his yeah. Recipes. Now he is a re- he's a he's a cook who this is brilliant. He's been to my grandma's house. No way. Ah oh, man. He used to write a column for the Observer, and uh, she wrote him a letter. <gasps> Uh, because she enjoyed very one of his cookbooks. Now, my grandma, I should just say, my grandma is like the queen of, of cookbooks. Mm. She has a library of cookbooks. She's been collecting them since she was, you know, maybe 30 or something. And yeah. shelf upon shelf of cookbooks. It's just the most amazing thing. 
But so so she's a kind of and when I always think of Elizabeth David and Jane Grigson and cooks like that, I kind of do think of my grandma because she's very much influenced by their cooking mm. and a kind of similar generation and what have you. Yeah. So it it's I get a real picture in my head of, of how it's and she also is an English literature teacher. So she's oh. kind of literate, intelligent woman who loves the writing about food as much as she loves yes. food. Anyway, she wrote him a letter about some recipe he'd done and he was kind of so charmed that he, uh, the next time he was up that way where she lived, he uh, came round to hers for dinner. <gasps> no, it was for lunch, sorry. Oh my God, she cooked for Nigel's later. Oh, no. Did he like, did he enjoy it? Yeah, of course, well, you know. Of course, I'm sure of course he, he did. Yeah, well, I'm she sure. is an amazing cook, but... Um, how brilliant is that? That is so nice. Oh, Nigel. Oh, and he's a very we like nice, you. He's a very nice man. And he, uh, yeah, he he is someone who, who surprisingly, he writes extremely accessibly about mm. food, but his food is not simple. He is very, I mean, he, he does some, fu- he did write one cookbook, which, which was about simple food, but... Mm. The one other ones that I've read of him, they're extremely rich, the recipes. Yes, they are. And he's a proper French trained chef. But and he, he's technique. He is proper technique. The thing that is apparent with his food is that it's very, very rich. Yeah. Very rich. And that's why, I mean, that, that's why for me, um, the, the simple food recipes that he does work so well because there's no clashing. There's mm. no, he basically, I mean, if, if you're going to cook it, like, say, if you can use these recipes for a dinner party, you'd end up with six people ooing and eyeing around, like, a simmering plate of Dover sole. Yeah. But there'd be nothing else on there. You'd just be kind of, like, admiring the beauty of this kind of fresh fish dish. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Screw the stars. We're just going to have some fish. Nigel Slayer's telling me how to do it. And it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. But it, you, you don't really need anything else to go with it because it's so... Everything is quite... It stands alone and they are very rich. Yeah, it's like slabs of butter. Yeah. Um, I made some Cornish pasties following a recipe of his and it was quite intense. It, it was were they quite, nice, though? They were nice, but they were almost too rich. I yeah. mean... The pastry that he, he talked a lot about the pastry that he used and kind of, I think he ended up, the cold water, put, no, because I went, he went for puff, kind of flaky and that was Ooh. too much. I would have preferred, I like prefer cold water, not cold water pastry, but uh, just the kind of normal short crust yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, that was my, my only gripe with them. It was my aim to have kind of have them and freeze them and then be able to kind of bring them out. But I ended up just kind of foisting them off on people. <laughs> Take these bloody pasties. I've enough of them. God damn it. But he is wonderful to read. He is. Mm. And he makes he makes you want food. He wrote a, wrote a fantastic um, memoir all about food. And it was, it was him who wrote Toast. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that Nigel said to wrote Toast? Am I, I right in, in thinking that's him? Right, uh, Hang on, uh, you know what? I might even have to. I'm gonna have to find out. I might even have to look it up and just check that I'm not going mad. After I must apologise, saying that like water for chocolate was written by Isabella Lendon, and it's not. It's written by Layla somebody or other. You know, I feel I ought to check these things. You know, before I start spouting yeah. off lies, because you know, you know us in that book of lies. I'm clearly looking in the book of lies. She's in the big one. book of lies. She, she's she's head down in that book most days. I find. Are you working, Gloria? Uh, yes, I'm working. I'm working. I'm working on my next big fib. Um. <laughs> yes, no, it was a, it, it's a, it's written by him. It it's called Toast. It's a story of a boy, boy's hunger. And it's, oh, it's lovely. It's about his relationship with, with food. But it's also a kind of autobiography as well. And it's but about food. It's a, it's a really great book. And they're very hungry. There's another section of cookbooks, which I'm, I'm thinking that I have in my collection. And it's a bit linked to the Feast Bazaar book that you were mentioning, which is kind of a food porn. But there's the cuisine, the learning another cuisine book. So Mm. I've got two books and they're two great examples of differing approaches to it. Yeah. One of them is um, a book by Claudia Roden. (gasps) Oh, wow. Which is Middle Eastern cookery. And that is another another one. She's a fantastic 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 writer and it starts it's a really scholarly book mm. um again it's another one that's kind of you know written in the 60s and introduced into the uk claudia radin is a jewish woman um who grew up in egypt moved to the uk um so she has this kind of wealth of of kind of this knowledge of food and what have you um and uh so she this was this was written in the 60s and I, I you know I can't believe that 
you could get access to it and it's so the the approach to it is beautiful it starts with this extremely scholarly introduction giving you an overview of the history of food in arab culture and mm-hmm. middle eastern culture and you know how it's eaten and the kind of you yeah. know thing around that and then talks about how she collected the recipes for the book which were actually collected by people by going round to a lot of the expat community in in the UK and kind of you know sitting on her mother's oh, right. rep- recipes and her friends recipes recipes that she kind wow. of wrote down and stuff yeah. and the introduction to the book kind of says you know trust your your taste as you make these recipes you know you can you have to like it yeah and the nature of the the recipe she says is take one you know add more add less you know experiment with these recipes they've been written down but they're not absolutes and Mm. it's it's an entire it gave me such a greater understanding of the way that food is eaten Yes. as well as how to make specific dishes. I mean, I've, I've, I've made an entire meal out of the recipes in it and it's oh, fantastic. Oh, but the gosh. great thing about it is it's also a, re- it's an, it's a cuisine book that gave me an understanding of a culture, but also that I can just go in there and go, I've got aubergines, right? Flick to the back, what have I got? You know, what yeah. things, could, what recipes contain aubergines? I can make this every day, mm-hmm. which is a great one. And th- then, the, in contrast, I had um, uh, there. I've got a book which I really like, which is I think it's Kylie Chung, and it's a bit of a celebrity se- chef one. Right. She was on TV, and she did a series called Chinese Food Made Easy. Yes, yes, yes. That was a really good series. It was. Not, I've, I've not read the books, but the f- the program. I really, li- really, really liked her program. Yeah, and that is just kind of very much you know geared towards a uk market really Mm. simple not fussy food but you know kind of quite authentic this This, is how this is what it's about it's about the kind of the kickback against Mm. against our version of chinese food because there's this whole kind of horrible takeaway culture yeah and chinese food suffers really suffers yeah in in the in in the in the translation and everything everything is fried Everything is Everything fried. Is All fried. the rice is fried. Everything else is fried. And that they use a lot of the kind of um, cheap buy in bulk stock curry sauces full of MSG. And, you know, it's, it's terrible. Terrible Chinese food. So what she does is directly in yeah. response to that. And she doesn't say this is authentic regional cuisine. This is how it will be. She'd be like, well, if you ate this, actually how you might approach it is this. So it's a very different um introduction to a a way of cooking whereas instead of snobbing it up and making it seem more inaccessible because you know the opposite of the takeaway is doing it yourself and doing it right doing it properly Mm. and having all the authentic ingredients and the wok that's been cured for 10 years and everything else but she's making it so that you will give it a try and you do feel like you can handle most of her recipes without being patronizing Mm. and without selling it out completely i think that's my thing yeah i think she did yeah she did a she did a good job on it but then you know it's that kind of links in i think about that gaining an understanding of cuisine links into food on the internet and i think this probably could have a whole a whole kind of uh, show to itself yeah <laughs> thank you there I just lost completely lost the thread of what I was because there's there's you know what I find great about the internet is the blogosphere of food writing yes but what that doesn't give you is a coherent structured overview of um, an idea or an ideology about food or you know a kind of technique of cooking yeah. but what it does give you is it's All indexed the in the world, yeah it's indexed you can search on ingredients mm-hmm. which is fantastic i've only done that a couple of times and that is really good yeah because i i do tend to do that like if i've got if i've got something in the fridge and i need to i need to cook it, i'll be like mm. give me okay search search yeah. through ingredients and and see what comes up and even just the suggestion of the dishes you know i might just use that and and, and cook with it I often find myself going com- completely around the houses when I, when I search recipes online. And, and if I have an idea for one thing, I'll start off and I think, oh, something's going to be around for tea next week. So I want to make something that is a bit like this. So I'll search for something a bit like that. Mm. And I end up being led completely astray. <laughs> and I make something, com- and it's gone from being some really simple, like, you know, some kind of, some pasta with some herbs and some garlic to, I'm going to do a slow roasted lamb hock, I think, <laughs> with, uh, with a red wine jus. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone from 
having like a 10 minute effort meal so i've got to start it at two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> with all the home fires burning and it's but that you see the, the, the internet is very tempting because it's if you, if you find recipes or somebody structured that you like mm. and it's so accessible you get to see their whole backlog not just one book yeah and you're like oh what else do they do and you also get reviews there and then mm. people have also tried this out and that's very encouraging mm. people saying, yeah, said, oh, it, it, i've it done this and it went really really well and i find that actually when, when they are reviewed to such an extent and you get somebody's thumbs up saying this works it does yeah. there's a reason you know that it's successful for people they can do it in their own house yeah oh, but you see it it does it does kind of present me with a bit of a kind of i do wonder like what the eventual effect of it will be because it's i love having mm. access to recipes and i think it's the fact that you can have a the indexing function is so easy it's the search function yes. you know i can immediately go through found recipes otherwise instead i have to kind of remember which book has a, has a certain kind of cooking go to the back of the thing and just you know flick through to find the recipe i want but on the other hand it takes away that kind of um ah, i can't remember the word holistic Yes. you know approach to food and <coughs> yeah, to writing true. yeah and a kind of coherence of understanding the internet robs the the kind of the eloquence of of, of, of food writing because it, yeah. it, le- it leaves you with the recipes it leaves you with the bare bones and that's the stuff you actually use but you're missing out on somebody's kind of passion yeah i suppose it depends how you use it doesn't it because i mean bloggers i do read bloggers but then even that because it's it feels like a a it's it's a temporary medium Mm -hmm. it feels like you might you know it's like a throwaway writing whereas i don't know i I don't know i still have that thing if it goes into a book it's more permanent definitely well it's you're going to keep it aren't you Mm. yeah you're going to keep it and you're going to refer to it again and again which leads on to the other difficulty of the recipe on Mm. the internet which is your own recipe book now i don't know about you but back in the day my mum used to have a really cute um, like a little book and it was kind of indexed with a little cake sign and a little soup sign Aww. and what have you and she wrote kind of recipes that people passed on to her and what have you and I'm sure a lot of people kind of have those, one of those things or a folder or a binder mm. but you see there's a problem there's a problem what do you do if you find a recipe you really like on the net like how do you save it at the moment i'm saving it as a pdf file and i've got i've got a yeah i've got a folder in my on my computer as of kind of ones that i liked do you know what i do i um this is no fix this is my solution to the problem now and one day i'm going to face up to it and one day i'm going to find the recipe book i like and i'm going to write all the recipes i've kept instead i deal with this i send an email to myself and i reply to it i've told you about this before (laughs) and on the email are maybe their links to everything. It's mostly food recipe links. When I've been on a website that's had something I've, that I've either A, used successfully or B, want to go back to and do at some point, I just copy and paste the actual um, URL address <laughs> so and, you- and stick it in an email to myself. And then and th- that because it becomes a link in the email to myself, so I can always click back to the same page I was on. Ah, so you create like a, a bibliography yeah. in the email. Oh, that's quite that's quite a neat solution but having the Earl. I don't want to do that forever because no, it's going to be unusable. Th- then I have to guess from fr- from from the instead of click on each link, I have to remember which one is which. And sometimes I put down explanations, sometimes I haven't. Yeah. And sometimes they're very kind of it's unclear what it is. It's not implicit in the address itself, and um, and that's tiresome. So I want to get to a point where I can either a print them out in an attractive small format and paste them into something, or write them out myself. Yeah, I don't think I want to write them out myself. I don't want to transcribe that amount of recipes. But what if, and also, like if you're in the, you know, a newspaper cutting or a magazine cutting, you want to keep that recipe. You see, that's the problem. I've yet to find those cutout recipes or when I've printed the recipe out to use for cooking and I'm Mm. like, well, I may as well, that worked. I may as well keep keep that one. Yeah, because you put them in a ring binder. It's not... It's not satisfactory, no, is it's it? Not. It's not satisfactory. I want to mind it. Is 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 it's transient, isn't it? Yeah, and the paper just falls off it. It gets tired and old, and yeah, no, I, I don't like it. It's too big, and perfectly sized. Yeah, you know, A4 like that is is too big as well for for the kitchen. I mean, I could get an A5 ring by now, I suppose. I suppose, but I don't want. I've to. actually seen a book that was that was a recipe book, but I didn't buy it because it felt very contrived. Well, really, we see. I'd kill for a little recipe book. It oh. depends, though. What I really want is it to be a little bit like a photo album and have a little yeah, thing you where you could slot. In. 
slot things in. It had that as well. These things, these things exist. They, they do I, exist. I don't have one. I say they. I saw one. <laughs> I saw one. I was in a shop in London. I saw it there and I was thinking, should I? And it felt... It felt like all the work had been done for me. And I was mm. like, no, that, there's no challenge there. <laughs> oh, there's no challenge there. I did, I, I've got to be hard. I need to construct this myself from the raw materials. The, 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 there is one thing about writing it down, which is in my mum's cookery book, there's some painstakingly copied out by me, aged eight or something, recipe wow. for like orange cheesecake and stuff and slightly wobbly handwriting. Gloria, you're too cute. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cute. Uh. And, and so looking back at that, you know, having your, your writing of that mm-hmm. and... And recipes which friends give you as well, which will be like, oh, it's just yeah, blah, blah, blah. That I think that kind of exchange of recipes is really nice. So there is something to be said about writing it down. I just don't know if I'll ever be asked to do that. You know, I just... I find that um, in... I don't often take recipes from people, but what I will take is a method. Yeah. If someone taught me how to um, how to marinate the turkey in a way that they did it, and it gave it a particular taste that I really enjoyed... And, and and they passed it on to me. I'm not mm. sharing it with you, but there you go. <laughs> it's basically, it's, it's, it's another ratio thing. Yeah. There, there's like five different parts. You stick it all in your leave for an hour and afterwards it tastes like they did. And it was, you know, it's fantastic. And that's the kind of thing I do. I do like to get from people. We, we have um, one of the recipes that we have, we have recipe yeah. books that we have to hand is a, is clearly one that you'd kill to get your hands on me. Oh, it's, it's so uh, cute. It's so cute. It's a little exercise book and it has a picture of a cake <sighs> to, on it. And it's Cookbook by William Tristram. And uh, the, the recipes he's seen fit <laughs> to note down in this is raspberry buttons, sponge cakes and biscuits. He seems to have lost heart rather with the biscuits because it just starts with 50 grams of marge and then that's it. Oh, no, no, wait, no, no. He started again on the other page. Oh. So we got to biscuits, spicy buns. I'm detecting. You see, that's the thing about when you start cooking. All you want to do is make nice cake. things. Yeah. yeah, there's more biscuits, more sponge cake. Uh, it ends on sponge cake. Not even a full sponge cake. It's just sponge <laughs> cake. is two eggs, two big spoons of sugar, ma, ma. <laughs> so that, that there you go that's a comprehensive cookbook. I can't explain how sweet that is to look at it's a tiny tiny little kind of <laughs> A6 book and it's got a pen drawing of a cake on the front oh, and it's got a little wobbly writing wobbling writing that's car. it I, I encourage you all yeah. your children you know make them <laughs> make them do little handwritten cookery books it's really good there's a beeping going off in the background it's a loaf don't worry it's <gasps> okay it's, it's, a loaf. it's going it's going on there is also on on the subject of homemade uh cookery books we should also give an honorable mention to the world famous mrs tristram's cookbook yeah which i really liked apparently when when will's mum and dad lived in hong kong mm-hmm. uh there, they had an ayah because like, your domestic yeah. service is much more usual there. And uh, she would watch Jan, Will's mum, prepare uh, his dad's bacon and egg sandwich in the morning. And she copied it into her cookbook, which she entitled Mrs. Tristram's World Famous Cookbook, <gasps> <laughs> which included recipes for egg sandwich. And, <laughs> Bacon and egg sandwich. That's lovely, though, isn't it? That's so nice. <laughs> I suppose the equivalent is is Jan writing down, you know, yeah, what she has recipes, world famous recipes, um, and it's something very simple, like how to do a fried rice, probably, or yeah. anything, you know, like a, a cold soup or something that she would consider completely mundane. Yeah. <laughs> Jan wrote this down. Isn't that a scream? Yeah. <laughs> I know, because you just think, surely there's not much technique, but if it's that alien. Then, oh God, you know, it's completely it's new. Keep that, it down. But what did you say that there was a different section for the bacon sandwich and then a completely different section for the egg and bacon sandwich? Egg and bacon, yeah. You know, wow. the two sections of the book. <laughs> it's obviously a lot to say about each one. Awesome. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> but I suppose we've we've kind of come to a natural end of our, our cookbook-arama. I think we have. Yeah, I mean, there are... I don't know if there are so many... I think we've identified ways you can use cookbooks i don't know i'm not willing to say there are total crimes apart from those ones that are just produced with no research at all when recipes don't work or they're not really meant to be used that that annoys me yes but apart from that you know Mm. they're generally a good thing i hope they stay around and don't get superseded by the internet no cookbooks yes um you can listen to 
uh, this show at www.simplysyndicated.com. You can also go to our forums. And if you wish to share recipes, we've had a couple of recipes shared. Have we? Forums. Yeah, the parking recipe. <gasps> of course. Yeah, yeah that um, Then, then that do get again. on there. Or um, tips for um, books which you would recommend. There's been one up already in the uh, in on a, a thread about cheese. Someone posted up about a, a kind of a food production kind of book all about methods of food production and stuff which i oh, thought was really interesting food nutritionists read so i thought that sounded really interesting um yeah if you've got any hot tips on ones you can't believe that we've missed out then uh, get them on or ones that you can't believe exist and, and wish to yeah avoid of advise people to know then go to www.simplysyndicated.com slash forums and uh, and let us know um yeah some of the shows there as well mm. you know uh, some mm. of the shows meh meh but you know all the usual fun all the usual fun (laughs) yes so uh, I've been Gloria Lind Mia Steele and this has been Crimes Against Food bye bye bye